0: Because on March fifteenth, by the twenty second, we had an online store.
1: Post COVID, we had to kind of turn our model upside down.
0: They sold out immediately.
1: It's mostly model pop, and you only have a couple of weeks of pushing of money sometimes.
2: A lot has been asked of everyone over the past few months to evolve our lives to protect ourselves and our communities. From this deadly virus and a lot of that weight has fallen on local businesses they were forced to adapt to sudden changes some trying just to stay afloat with no guarantee of an end in sight and most are still struggling, though there are still some bright spots of retail resilience. I'm Eric Zuko and this is Commerce Street, a business podcast from Ken's Five. We're talking with leaders from two businesses with different products and customer bases, but both with the same goal of surviving a pandemic by serving shoppers in new ways. From offering curbside and online shopping to planning new product lines, these businesses dug deep to innovate. We first spoke with Aisha Derman, creative director of Niche, a clothing line and boutique at Pro Brewery. We sat about 10 feet apart with a microphone between us.
0: Just
2: tell me a little bit about the idea behind Niche, how you guys got here, just kinda like the short history of it sure. and what Niche is.
0: Absolutely. So Niche is a clothing lifestyle brand that uh, my mom and I own. My mom, Milga Derman, is the designer and I'm the creative director. And we've been in business for almost 25 years, making an entire line that we sell to boutiques all over the country in Canada. We've had the store at the Pearl for about six years.
2: Kind of talk to me about thinking back to March, when everything kind of started. You really started being creative with
0: what you were offering. Kind of talk me through that process and the kind of pivots that you made. Sure, of course. So we were watching the situation, of course, in March for ourselves. We would come back from trade shows in New York and we saw um, our stores in Seattle area already starting to shut down because the virus had come there sooner and we felt like it was coming here too, and indeed it did. We shut down our own store on March 15th and immediately started working on face masks. So we could see at that time there was a huge shortage of PPE. Mm -hmm. So we started developing um, face masks with the help of a doctor at Strack and we had them tested for efficacy and um, for for functionality to make sure that we could make the very best mask with materials that were available. in our warehouse at the time, so immediately switched to mass production in March. And how well did those sell? They sold out immediately, and then we did some big orders as well, uh, but we were able to offer them in the first week of April to all our customers and our website. We immediately built a website. <laughs> so We closed on March 15th. By the 22nd, we had an online store and we were able to, to get masks in the hands of people who needed them right away.
2: Just around the corner from Niche, High Street Wine Company's Edward Casey also says jumping into action quickly was key when lockdown started back in March.
1: We are a wine bar, wine bar slash retail store. So we, um, well, pre-COVID, most of our business was having people here in the store join us for a glass of wine or a flight of wine. We specialize in flights, as well as small bites such as cheeses and meats. Uh, and if you like the wines that you have here, you can purchase the wines we have here because we do have a retail license. But post COVID, we had to kind of turn our model upside down. So we became primarily a retail store uh, with obviously no service attached to that. Kind of the genesis of our whole um, uh, reformatting, rethinking our business model, uh, if you will, as we, as we went forward. So we emphasized wine and retail we created a wine retail shop online, uh, and that was really our staff, and I have to give props to our staff. They've done a tremendous job at getting us from one model to another, and we're talking about in weeks. Mm -hmm. Usually this would take months to transform from one model to another. They did this in a matter of weeks, two weeks, and that is putting all the wines online with pictures of them, descriptors of them, Uh, and then that was the first part. The second part is we started offering more wine packs, food to go, uh, and then wine classes online. So now we had been doing wine classes here on High Street in the store itself. Um, I've done them, Scott, our general manager, and Austin Tobel, who's one of our other managers, we've all done those, usually on a Monday. We pack this place, we have everybody here, and we do a wine class. Well, that was out the window. I did the last one in, I think was February. It was the last one we did. So we said, okay, what's everybody doing now? So it was Zoom. So we did Zoom wine classes. And that's kind of how we, that was the other component that we added to it, was all of that. So little by little, we transformed from one model to another. And then hoping the whole time that we could get back to a service, uh, service model, which is where we are at now.
2: Both businesses say their loyal customer bases and location helped. The urge to shop local sparked interest in their new offerings and it gave them the time they needed to regroup for ongoing challenges. Now that people are able to visit stores, and, but but some things have still changed. People, as you mentioned, are picking up new hobbies and that kind of thing. What kind of um, appetite for merchandise have you seen from people, and how have you responded to that by offering new products here?
0: Well, we are in a wonderful location at The Pearl. So this is the place where people come to visit. They bring people from out of town. So we always have a nice flow of people coming in through The Pearl. However, um, clothing around the country, of course, has been less of a need. All the Zoom meetings, people are staying home. So they don't have the big parties and events, the whole fiesta, getting dressed for fiesta, that didn't happen this year. So, but people started picking up hobbies like gardening, baking, and sewing. So we brought over from our warehouse, which is just across the river, a big selection of amazing fabrics that we've developed over the last 15-20 years, amazing buttons and trims and all the kinds of things that you would need to do a sewing hobby.
1: So a little by the way, we transformed from one model to another, and then hoping the whole time that we could get back to a service uh, service model, which is where we are at now, but back to uh, doing partial service.
2: How did you find that customers adjusted to these changes and did you still have a lot of regular customers that were coming back? Like, oh, sure. No, we
1: did. We, we are very grateful to our regular customers. They have been tremendous uh, coming every single week to get packs of wine or bottles or whatever it takes to keep us solvent and keep them happy with wine. <laughs> keep them slightly inebriated.
2: Uh,
1: yeah, safely, of course. Uh, so our, our, our customer base has been tremendous. I find that most people, 98% of all people, were so, so uh, cooperative and understanding. Like this was new for everybody. It's not like we imposed this on them. This was just imposed on everyone and we all had to adapt.
2: Even several months into the pandemic, both stores are still finding ways to create and
0: expand their offerings. Our latest pivot is a little bit of a plant store. So we brought in these amazing cocodemas that the designer, Noga is making, and they are a Japanese planting technique. So you're gonna see succulents and herbs and flowers where the plant, the soil, and the roots are all wrapped up in these beautiful moss balls. So you can have them hanging or they make wonderful gifts and there's just a little bit of plant art in your home or office.
1: We are going to be putting together a Thanksgiving holiday pack. Uh, We assume people are still going to be celebrating some way, one way or the other. Uh, And it's certainly nice to have some wines to keep you happy. So we're going to be putting together a curated selection of wines. Uh, it's a balance usually for for a holiday like thanksgiving uh we'll have some reds but we'll also have some richer whites as well um thanksgiving is a really weird meal to pair to we always say that because you've got salty you've got greasy you've got um sweet elements in there, which is really weird to have sweet elements in your main course, but you do. So how do you pair that to wine? It's not easy. Uh, Some people would say sparkling, some people would say ciders are a good way to go, but we have a lot of good wines to pair with that.
2: A few months in, um, you know, what are y'all offering now? Are you guys still doing the curbside online? What are the best ways for people to?
1: are? Yeah, so we are still offering curbside. Uh, That's less of our component now than it was. But we still have a couple of customers who still don't feel comfortable coming in. Uh, For the most part, though, we have transitioned to service again. We are doing only outside service, not inside service. Uh, we do want to make sure that this, well, we are totally 100% uh, safe in here before we let people back in. We also need to um, bring back some of our old employees or just get some new employees because unfortunately we did have to let some people go uh, after a couple of months and try to keep them on. We did have to furlough some staff, so now that we're back, we are a little short-staffed. So.
2: While there are some signs of an economic bounce back, these two businesses are among the many in San Antonio that have said they're really committed to providing a safe and healthy experience for customers. And they say that's part of the process too. We just really
1: require that you wear a mask. Uh, you obey the kind of rules. As long as you're at a table, you can take your mask off and consume. But it's really on us to make sure that, uh, that we're doing all the protocols correctly. We do have plenty of hand sanitizers, so if you choose, we do everything with touch pads here, I mean, as far as payouts and things like that. So if you do your touchpad, do your you know, to do your invoicing, your billing, or whatever. Uh, we do give you some sanitizer so that you can clean the screen, you can clean your hands. Uh, if you come through the store to use our restrooms, which is available, we have we do require that you wear a mask if you do that.
0: Well, you're going to get. To wear your mask <laughs> over your nose and mouth the entire time you're in here, except for right now, um, and hand sanitizing all over the place, and we like to keep the doors open to keep the airflow going, and we've limited the number of people in here below the uh, city mandate for how many people can be in a store.
2: But I should still pretty easily
0: be able to come in and get what I, you know, what i Absolutely, mm-hmm. we try to make it comfortable in here, and there's. Clothing and gifts and fabric and plants and there's all sorts of things in here for the holidays.
2: What else would you want people to know about um, how retail is changing or any changes that y'all have made or just anything that's been interesting or that you've learned
0: over the past few months? Right, so online shopping has always been a big trend but the curbside has been an interesting development I think. so. People um, are able to shop online, pick what they want, and then just avoid all the shipping charges because they just come over and pick it up right from here in the bag, and they don't have to spend the time in the store if they don't want to be in the store. We've also done private shopping appointments, so people who feel maybe not comfortable with a bunch of people in the store at the same time can come have a private appointment in here where they have the run at the store to themselves. And we we'll keep masks. We have people to keep them on while they're in the fitting rooms as well, and um, trying to accommodate all sorts of people. The coronavirus was
2: not the only event sparking headlines this year. Other major movements prompted High Street to come up with a way to help employees get more work and help local community groups. Another
1: aspect of our reinvention over the past several months, uh, and this had to do, I think, with a lot of the social unrest that was going on. Uh, We decided how do we respond to the community? That's a lot of what that was about to us was There's a community in need. How do we respond to that? And it was about charity. Now, we've always been a very charitably minded organization that starts with our owner, Mark Stoltz, and especially our team uh, led by Scott Oda. And we decided to do what we call nonprofit labor hours. We didn't have quite enough hours to satisfy the needs of our staff, but we had people who wanted to do something. And we knew that there were a lot of charities out there like San Antonio Food Bank or West Avenue Compassion that definitely needed people to go and help and organize and distribute to these communities in need. So our staff, uh, one of our staff members, uh, uh, Woody, Eric, Eric is his name, Woody, he actually researched a lot of different charities Mm -hmm. and we picked four, four charities. And what we do is we call nonprofit labor hours, that is, you as a consumer can choose to pay a little extra and that money will then be used to pay a staff member to go and work at a charity of your choice. So whether it's West Avenue Compassion or San Antonio Food Bank or Meals on Wheels or whatever it is, you can. they will then go and spend an hour there and donate their time or however much time you want them to spend at that specific charity.
2: So there is a lot of good news here and a lot of hope for the future creativity, customer base, and other factors have kept niche and high street going for the most part. But they're still facing challenges too, and not every business has made it this far or will continue to make it. Casey says that's why it's critical the community come together on long-term solutions and realize this once-in-a-lifetime challenge is also a symptom of ongoing struggles. That's the only
1: way I think that collectively we're going to get through this as a community is to come together and help each other. Uh, Because especially the restaurant business, I think COVID has taught us, it's taught us a lot of things, but it's taught the American public one thing, it's how tenuous the restaurant business is. It is not, we're not rolling in riches, folks. This is not, that's a myth. Uh, Unless you're like a big corporate kind of an entity, it's mostly mom and pop. And you only have a couple of weeks of pushing of money sometimes. And this has exposed it. Uh, the restaurant industry, the national restaurant industry, has said that probably 50 percent of all restaurants will not reopen after this year. 50 percent will have just gone away, and that's really a tragedy. That's a lot of lives. That's a lot of a lot of and a lot of people who are not going to have work. So it's it's a it's a community where we have to kind of work with each other and figure things out. Uh, we've been thrown into this situation. We're more fortunate than most.
2: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Commerce Street, a business podcast from Ken's 5. For more like this one, including the results of a free job training program at Port San Antonio and a new accelerated nursing degree program at a local university, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or visit KenS5.com/slash Commerce Street. Thanks for listening.